welcome back to the seven day detox to destiny life cleanse. I'm so happy you're here. We're on day three and we're dealing from letting go of the past. We're going to be moving into how to embody and come to the present and how to vision into your most authentic future. And I want to invite you to put away all distractions. The conversation with this amazing guest teacher today is going to be incredible and we are discussing some amazing stuff but before we get into her topic and all the things we're going to talk about i want to introduce you to our beautiful ann gail rose o'grady love the name welcome thank you nice to be here yes and i was just saying to ann gail that the way her name is spelled it's like angel and she's like that's what it means in is it irish Irish. Yeah. I, but Gaelic. I, Is it Gaelic? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's Gaelic. Gaelic. Okay. And it's also pretty incredible because of what you do. And so our beautiful Angel Rose here, she is an Akashic record healer, spiritual mentor. She's actually just written her latest book, but um, tell how many books have you written? Right now I have uh, 14 published. Wow. Um, yeah, I wrote my first book was called um, A Time of Change. And it really it was written in 2012 when everything was kind of getting crazy. So people were asking a lot of questions. So we had a lot of meetings with the Akashic Records with Source about that time period. So it deals with a lot of things people asked about the future and technology and various things. And then the second one is called love miracles and original creation and there's a lot of questions about creation and reality and what it's like in the brain and kundalini and all kinds of things like that so that's that's my free gift for today is that my latest book and we're going to talk about that at the end that's amazing um so I want to tell everybody the topic for today, and that is forgiveness as a tool to clear and let go of the past. That's right. Wow. I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about forgiveness and in, in the traditional sense. And then, you know, I teach based on the Course in Miracles, and that's a completely different forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Um, but first, I want to talk about your incredible profession of being an Akashic Record reader. Tell everyone that's listening today, what is the Akashic Records and what's stored there and how could that help someone? Well, the Akashic Records simply is considered a library in spirit. And it really goes with the fact that every single moment of creation, not just ourselves, but creation in general, is recorded in spirit. You know, there's nothing that is missed. So people have their own personal record, Akashic record, their own personal book, I should say, in the library. But when I go in there, I don't see a book that I open up and I read. Um, it's, it's just a special prayer that gets me into that particular field of existence. And um, the information is just there. And it actually comes through in various ways. It's, it's pictures, it's impressions, it's emotions, it's language. So um, whoever I'm talking to, it seems yeah. that the records will deliver the information based on who they are. But really, it's a record of existence. Mm -hmm. The records of existence, I should say. 
Yeah. And what have you seen in your experience of doing this work and for people that it has helped them to access what kind of information so that they can transform what? Well, what I found about them once I started doing personal readings for people is how ordered they are. I was very surprised at how holistic the records were. In other words, when you go in and you access somebody's soul records, you actually get a picture of what their spirit is like now, what they've accomplished so far, and what they still have to accomplish. You can see what their soul came here for, uh, how well they're doing with that. And you can also discuss any issues they're having in their current life. And it doesn't have to be anything spiritual. They could they could be grieving over a pet they lost, for example. You know, And you have the ability to just go in and look at that pet and see who that pet is in relationship to them. Hmm. Because um, every because everything people go through has a meaning from them, usually from the past. I always say 99% of everybody you meet, you've known before. So it will help understand relationships, conflicts, as well as connections. It can help you work through those and tell you what you still need to be learning from it. Um, when's a good time to end? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of right. Health issues, you can look at their health, you can look at the causes of health and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so goes on. Let's talk a little bit about what you just said, that 99% of the people you meet, you've usually met before. So do you believe that in each live, we all travel in our, with our soul circle that, you know, and can you tell a little bit about that? Like, do we keep meeting the same people over and over and over again each live? Well, you do, you do for two reasons. Uh, one, if you have unreconciled business with those people, mm. There's that level of meeting people that you've known before. So usually those are to complete something or continue something or forgive something. And then you also have galactic families who come in together where they've come from the same star system, let's just say, and they're, they come to the planet at a particular time cycle in order to help progress the planet in some way or move it along in consciousness. So it just depends. Um, who they're asking about, you know, mm. people bring, oh, I want to know about this person or that person, or I want to know about this friend or that friend. And you can tell vibrationally when you look in there, if they're part of the galactic soul family, or if they're a soulmate that they need to work out things with. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I think that this is really a great preface for what we're about to talk about because it's talking about that if everybody keeps coming in to resolve something that we haven't resolved in the past right that the, the question can be like the the blanket question can be and this is what I do now when anyone comes into my life uh, as a new man or a friend it's like what is this person here to help me heal or what is he helping me or what am I here to teach him or her right. I right. always ask that now it's you know because I know that there, everybody's sent to me for a reason there is a right. purpose in every meeting and if I can get ahead of oh this means this which is fine like it looks like it might mean this but it really like if mm -hmm. I look at what am I here what is he teaching me Right. I, I open up a whole new way of approaching that. And so I just wanted to mention that. So 
let's dive a little bit into the forgiveness piece because I know that forgiveness in the conventional sense is, you know, I'm so sorry, Anne Gail, because I didn't call you back. And then there's the forgiveness, <laughs> you know, maybe you'd be like, that's okay. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> but then there's the traditional or not the traditional, then there's the, the Course in Miracles, which tells us that forgiveness is just forgiving ourselves for thinking, for having forgotten the truth of who we are. So it's a corrective, you know, it's like, forgive me for believing that I I'm, I'm not enough. And that's a corrective measure in a way. Correct. Now, the forgiveness that we're talking about with you, I know that you talk about that it helps us clear the past and mm -hmm. it's a tool to let go. Tell me more. Yes, yeah, so I kind of, I go with you with like, I'm closer to the Course in Miracles version of forgiveness, but also in the big picture, uh, because it does collapse time. That particular type of forgiveness collapses time because when you realize that no one's ever done anything to you, not really, okay? And that, that everything in the outer world is a reflection of consciousness. I think that's a big thing in general for people to really understand. Well, I was teaching our, another class one time and sources, don't forget to tell them that there is no world. <laughs> mm -hmm. thought, okay, when somebody tells you that there is no world, you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm looking at this world all the time, but taking it a step further and saying it's projection of mind, it's all a projection of mind. So forgiveness in the sense that I would like to address today is a process where when you see something outside that you're judging or that seems to be external to yourself, where you feel like you're in effect of something that's going on and you, and you can get a hold of yourself and realize I'm not seeing something out there that's I'm in effect of. I'm seeing something out there that I've helped create. Okay, it takes the whole blame and judgment aspect out of your reality entirely and allows you to kind of say, well, I may not understand what part of my consciousness is projecting that, but the next thing, I'm just going to turn it over to source or universal intelligence to basically, I'm willing to let go of it. I'm willing to change my mind about it as the Course so wonderfully talks about and have a different experience. And um, I always tell people a little story I had with one ex-husband of mine. <laughs> one, okay. Okay. <laughs> And he was quite an angry man and we were having this horrible argument one day and I went out of the house and I was calling him every name under the book under my breast and I went down to the park and I'm sitting on a swing and I'm so I'm fuming and uh next thing I hear uh Jesus actually say to me yeah you know you, you know you're making this up and I said what do you mean I'm making this up well you want him to be guilty mm. and I'm like no I don't you know this sort of thing and he said you could choose peace instead and i i was aware at that moment how much i did not want to choose peace okay i was like no i'm right he's an ass but i sat with it probably took me a half an hour before i was ready to say okay i choose peace and literally brie in that moment the argument was erased from my memory mm -hmm. i could not remember recall i tried what we were even fighting about and i was just this overwhelming sense of peace and I went home and he wanted to talk about the argument and I said I can't remember what it was about so it's gone 
But that was probably one of my biggest demonstrations that when I say a quantum level, it literally collapsed the memory in my mind. It collapsed the whole event. I could not recall it. And, um, and I think that's the most important type of forgiveness that I can talk about is the fact that no one's done anything to us. We only perceive they have. And if we can only, and we perceive that way, because on some level, we all believe we're guilty of something. Yes. But if you can remember that, you know, your true self is innocent and it's never been guilty and nobody else is guilty either. Um, and you got to be willing to see another person is innocent. So, but, so the, but, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I want to really point out that what you're saying, there's so many concepts you're giving, you're inviting us right now to put on a different pair of glasses and a different perception to all of life. Like it's, you know, and I remember what you're saying, this whole thing about we are choosing our experience and that that's like a whole lot of self-responsibility. It's like, what do you mean? I didn't choose to be sexually abused and I didn't choose to divorce and, and marry someone that ended up drinking. And, but the whole thing is your perception about how everything, you know, there's the people that will always think that they need to condemn another that's one group of people. And then there's another group of people that believe that everybody's doing the best they can at every moment with the information that they've got, even if they've done something horrible, they're still working from that. So I think, and that's what courses like the course help to do is to, to transform the mind. And so you're inviting us to look at why we're holding on to that wanting to be right in the argument. So and the fact that there's always a choice. And I love that lesson in the course. It's like, I can choose peace instead of this, or I can choose serenity. And I know when I actually hold that as a mantra for a few days or a week, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I, I can either be right with the parking attendant or I can choose peace, or I can you know, continue to just be angry with my mom or I can choose peace. And it's incredible how fast I restore my energy. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say that this whole conversation is a perception shifter. Mm -hmm. And can we talk a little bit about where a grievance starts? Because in this cleanse, it's not your traditional cleanse. And we are talking about energetic clearing. And I think forgiveness works on that etheric body where if you can address something that's on an energetic state before it, you, you're repeating it, repeating it, and then it becomes mm -hmm. an ailment and then a symptom and then a disease. To, let's talk a little bit about forgiveness and where grievances start to build up and blaming and resentments. You know, I think, I think we have a core issue with the belief in guilt. I think when you ask grievances begin, they begin by our belief systems and we're, we're programmed even from birth that we have original sin. That's the first big lie, isn't it? You know, that we all, we start off at the get-go guilty. And so of course, guilt demands punishment. And if you start believing in guilt then you believe that other people are guilty and you're brought up believing other people are guilty and there's victims and victimizers and the guilty need to be punished and and how do you know that you're so innocent what what about it you know you may think that there's a loving god up there but 
if you were to die tomorrow, are you sure? You know, I mean, are you really sure? So I, I think we build up grievances because we believe that people can harm us. First of all, we've lost our our perception that we're we are innately innocent, and there's no judge up there that's going to condemn us. I think if we all had that still, we would not perceive other people's behavior as harmful. We'd be able to look at, like you say, everybody's trying to do the best they can, but everybody has their own damage. And, you know, Source told me too, that one of the biggest unhealed issues of the world is, is grief. Mm. You know, that we're looking at a planet of broken hearts because, mm. because everybody's forgotten the love of God. And um, everybody's heart's broken. You know how heartbroken you feel if somebody you love breaks up with you or leaves you when you go through this grief process. Well, you know, imagine like us perceiving that our father, quote unquote, has gone and doesn't love us anymore. And, and we're all mourning. We're all in this mourning process. So, and we, we just can't expect well behavior out of injured people. It just doesn't work, you know? And I was always told that a well person is just naturally harmless. So, you know, I think grievances build up because we've got this inherent belief that guilt is real, that people can hurt us and we're victims and they deserve to be punished. And then there's karma and all of that stuff. So I think it builds up from the get-go, you know, ever since you were little, you know, your mom slaps you across the face or face, you know, and now you're injured and now you're wounded and you're hurt and who doesn't love me, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and I think that, you know, we want to, we want retaliation. So when you hold on to a grievance, it's really the desire to, uh, in a way for revenge, you know, to make somebody, I mean, how many times people who really believe in karma say they'll get there someday, you know, I'm not worried about it because they'll get there someday where, where source would basically say, no, now move beyond to the law of forgiveness and grace. We, we don't want to hang out in karma, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. but I think that's how it, you know, it's all a belief that you're not loved. And, um, and of course that starts to weigh on you and yeah, how people treat you and all of that. Go ahead. And I also like with what you're saying, it's coming from the, the, like we're never really upset for the reason we think we are. It's like, right. and I think the reason forgiveness is so powerful is because when you're forgiving, just let's go back to the parking attendant, like the parking attendant triggered me and I'm angry. And tell me more about this. When I can apply my forgiveness towards him, it actually starts to work on everyone that I've been upset about for the same reason because I'm forgiving one thing. So I'm forgiving. Is this what you mean when it erases memories from the field? Like that? Well, I can tell you another quick story that yeah. kind of, okay. Years ago, I lived in Philly and I was on my, I lived in Delaware. I was on my way to a workshop in Philly and I had to cross this bridge. And at the end of the bridge was a red light. And, at, and I didn't have much money when I think I had $5 for lunch that day. And at the end of the, at the stop sign, there's these little children who wanted to wash your windows, right? For money. And I was saying, no, don't wash them. Cause I knew I didn't have enough money to give them, you know? And I'm like, stop, stop. And they wouldn't stop. They just kept doing it. And I was so furious. I was so angry feeling. Cause I, I was watching myself saying, 
well, now I have to give them money, you know, or yeah. I'm going to feel guilty if I don't, right? So next thing you know, I once again, I hear Jesus say, that's your son. And it was like, oh, <laughs> my God. So, of course, I pull out my money and I hand the child my money and, and uh, drive off. So when I get home that day, my own children run up to the car and say, Mommy, Mommy, we made these popsicle trivets, you know, that children make. We made these little trivets and we sold them for $5. So it was like the exact amount that I gave this child, my children got in return. But why I tell you, uh, my biggest lesson out of that is that everybody is you. Everybody, yeah. everybody is yours. That child is yours. That park attendant, your brother. There's no separation between anybody and, and everybody is us. So it really shifted me to look at people differently and have a lot of compassion about whoever they were. So I don't know if that answers, what do you do with that? You know? Well, no, I think again, like everything that you're offering today is to put in a new way to see people in the world, which right. can eliminate a lot of like, Oh, I need to work on this and this and this and this. No, you don't <laughs> just, just right. And, and that in the, in the, in the Course in Miracles, that's the holy encounter, right? Where we encounter another soul and I am you, you are me. And whatever I think of you, I'm actually thinking of myself. So I, I really got this lesson when I would go home and I'd be like, oh my gosh, my mom really needs to like study the course or she needs to like, you know, do something. And it's like, uh-uh-uh, like yeah. I need to study the course or I need to do something because I am seeing her as broken, which means I'm seeing myself as broken. So when, and then there's moments in that same trip where I saw my mom as innocent and I saw all her pain that was just, but, but I saw this little girl and mm -hmm. that's, I was seeing my innocence. Therefore I could see hers. Right. And so it was trippy, you know, mm -hmm. and Gail in the moment, I was like, wait a minute. It's like, it's all a different movie. And I guess that goes back to what you said at the beginning, how the world is an illusion. It's a movie that we are projecting. And I can be in the same home with my mom and it doesn't even have to be two people. One has a great experience. The other one, an awful one. I can be the one having the awful and the good one. And the only thing that changed, guess what? It wasn't my mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know it's true. It was it's me. In I know. And so it's, I think the good news about that is that when I'm out there in the world and I'm seeing the world as broken, that's an opportunity to say, okay, wow, Brie, like you got to get back to your innocence and the truth and love. Mm -hmm. Because then when I am love and I, then I will see love. Right. And right. Right. So let's talk about, you answered the first part of my question, but let's talk about the second one and how do we erase memories from the field? And let's actually start by saying memories are stored in the field then. They're stored in the field. They're stored in your body. They're stored in every living thing. Actually, they can be in a rock, you know, for all that matters, anything at all, you know, memories are stored everywhere. And, um, so, you know, people will often say to me, how do I erase my records, for example? And I, and I always say, you can't erase your records. I mean, once something has happened, it's happened. It's in the field. There's no going in there and remove it, plucking it out of existence. But you can create new timelines for a past event if you need to. Okay. So if you're looking at something that is 
traumatic for you, you can go back in your mind and your imagination because your imagination is real and you create a new scenario. How would I have liked that to have been? And so now you have another timeline next to the old one. And then you're just choosing which one, well, which one are you going to believe in? Which one do you want to energize? And you make a decision which one you want to have. So with memories and, um, and I do think this whole process of forgiveness that we're talking about does erase memories from cellular structure. Okay, so when you go in and you do forgive on this level and you, you choose for peace or you choose to see love instead of a grievance, then you are transforming chemicals at that stage. You are making, making decisions in your, in your brain that you're not energizing poison. Okay, so that does start to actually transform the cell and make it different, make it new. So in that way, you and I do think this shift that we're in, in the world yeah. is biological as well as emotional and spiritual. So it happens on that level. So there's two things I just talked about. One was how to, how to go in and transform a memory that has trauma loaded in it. Okay. Um, Besides the fact that you have to really be able to be willing to accept that nobody hurt you, okay, in the first place, that you're still perfectly intact, you're still innocent, they're still innocent. So there's that level of it. And then there's the level of, well, go in and make a new timeline for yourself and, you know, go on a different train track, if you will, you know, go that way. And, and then biologically, um, you know, literally choose peace you have to actively choose peace or be willing but i i think what's interesting is is how much people aren't willing yeah. you know this whole process we have going on of judgment and making people guilty and blaming and not taking responsibility for ourselves is such a habit that when somebody actually presents you with the idea that well you know you don't have to show focus on that you're like wait what you know what do you mean you know i of course i do you know <laughs> Um, but that is a shift chemically and, um, and it cascades throughout the body. So go ahead. I'm just going to say, I love what you said because I'm sober. And I remember the first time someone said to me, you don't have to drink today. I've been sober for a long time. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I don't <laughs> have to, like, I, I cannot drink today. Like if I don't want to, so mm -hmm. it's what you're saying. So that, that. To me, that was the knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, life is tough, let me take a drink, or oh, that bothered me, let me take a drink. And when someone pattern interrupted and said, you know, you don't have to do that today, I was like, what? Yeah. It was like I know. a new concept. So it's what you're saying that I also don't have to judge today. Mm -hmm. I also don't have to struggle today. And, you know, the, this whole aspect too, it's like, I love when I work, bring up and I, with clients, I work on victimhood and they're like, oh, I'm not a victim. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, we all are, we're, you know, like there's this, we, we fall prey to, um, we're, we're also victimized by our own choices in our minds. Like I'm like, you're saying like, maybe the damage happened, you know, 20 years ago, but I'm keeping the damage alive by continuing to believe that timeline and energize it and enforce it and talk about it. And because of that, I'm filtering the world for that. And I'm treating people the way because of that thing. 
that to me is victimization. And people are like, no, I'm not. It's like, no, victimhood is, is forgiveness, I think, really helps to uh, not erase, but dissolve victimhood, at least in that moment. In that moment, you know, you're, there, there's not that victimization. Um, but I have a question. So for though everyone listening, and I know that we, we, we've got so much richness in here, I could talk to you, we could do like a five hour <laughs> workshop on everything we're talking about. But right. like if someone just cannot forgive someone, they're, they're here today, they're listening, they, they like, what like you said, maybe they're not willing to forgive, but they're willing to be willing to be willing to be willing, which is great. We start there. Tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about how someone would start What's something they could do at home today in, you know, to start forgiveness and letting go? Well, I can give you an answer. It might be a challenge for someone that you're describing, but the easiest way is when you're home alone and you start going through this litany of crimes that the other person has committed. <laughs> if you could just stop in the moment and say, I bless him. I bless him or I bless her, either, either one. You don't have to have, and especially you don't have an outcome in mind. In other words, you don't want to bless him because you want X, Y, Z to happen. You're just blessing him because that's what God would do. Bless him. So in that process alone, right there, you've just broken all cords that you have with the person. You've severed, you've severed them. Um, you've stopped your negative mind. You've allowed them also the chance to be healed. Because I think what people don't realize is that as long as we hold grievances against another, we've locked them into a particular moment in time where they've done something or did something. And we don't allow them to be free of that because we're, we're basically holding them to a role that we think that they are. And because energetically, right? Energetically. And because of that, they're not free either to have a new experience. So those are the people that you come back and you meet again lifetime after lifetime because they'll say, Oh, I never want to know that person again. And I always, and I, if I'm in a reading, I'll say, Well, you will know them again differently <laughs> if you don't, if you can't release this, you know, um, because you bind them. We bind each other, you know, by our thoughts. And we either free each other or bind each other. So when somebody's home and they can't seem to forgive, I always say, well, just remember that you'll stay corded to that person indefinitely until you do release them. Okay. And, and the truth is, is God doesn't judge anybody. The source once told me that the only thing it ever does is offer a person another opportunity to know love. That's the only thing that happens. And, and at the time, like I say, I was with, a particular husband who wasn't a nice guy. And I was like, what are you telling me? Are you telling me he's going to be happier than me first? <laughs> <You> <laughs> right. Because I was told I had to bless him about a particular thing that we were still corded about. And I had asked, how do I release this cord? And that's the answer I got. Well, you have to bless him every day. Mm. And it's like, oh my God, appalling answer. <laughs> okay. right. and but it was, it was correct. And it's the intention again, like if the, we all, all of us here listening, we have to look at like, what's the ultimate grander goal in, 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 in all of this, you know, everybody has the ultimate kind of soul goal. 
for me, it's true freedom and liberation on all levels. That's the goal. Um, right. And again, another invitation for a new perception that every opportunity is going to keep coming at your door. If I keep choosing the same kind of woman today, the same kind of man today, and I and everyone's coming in to give me the opportunity to step into my power, but I choose there to get out of my power again. That's when they say the same person's going to appear with a different costume. That's but they're all attempts. I this is so important for you to heal that's why i asked that question now what am you here to heal and i learn it so that the next person is hired to help me heal something different <laughs> because if right. not it's like the universe is that friendly it's going to mm -hmm. keep knocking at the door and saying are you ready to heal this word self-worth stuff here you go no he's an s you know x y and z da 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 well okay we're so love you that we're going to send you another person to heal the right. same thing no da 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 right. so I love this. And this is work that I think, you know, when people understand that, like what you're saying, you're disentangling so much and just, I bless you name. I mm -hmm. bless you. And even if you don't mean it, but the goal, again, the choice is peace. That's right. the beginning. It starts to move a lot of energy. It does. Oh my God. This is so good. I, I know we're moving into a space where we're going to be listening or being experience a beautiful meditation from you. Can you tell us what we are going to be walking through? Yeah, I'm going to take you into a inner, just an inner meditation to examine any grievances you might have within your own heart. And we're going to go in and we're going to transform those grievances. Um, back into the field of love and we're going to remind ourselves of our true nature which is really innocence um so hopefully people will have an experience of that just me one thing before we were talking I, when we were talking about victimization i wanted to make the point too that um to universally cosmically you know we're 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 in archetypes right we all live through time periods that are archetypes and what's really being asked of us with this paradigm splitting and the releasing that you're talking about is we're being asked to move from the crucifixion archetype mm. into the resurrection archetype okay so That's so important what you just said yes yeah so i think when people want to stay in victimhood you know um Let's examine, you know, all of the ways that martyrdom expresses itself in ourselves and in our lives and how we see crucifixion happening all the time. And even, unfortunately, in religions, it's desirable where people even pray to suffer, you know, in those ways, um, which is unfortunate because we really are asked to resurrect now on every level, you know, and, and I think that's such a new joyful paradigm that we haven't reached yet in this world. Uh, but we're being asked to contribute too. So yeah. I just wanted to mention that before we go. <laughs> thank you. I know, I know I launched right into like, let's do this meditation. So thank you for adding that. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it up to you now and um, for you, you to walk. Us okay. Through. All right. So if everyone can just close their eyes for a moment and pay attention to where you are right now, where you may be sitting or lying and remove any distractions if there, if there are any in your environment. And I want you to just 
take a few breaths just to get connected to yourself and put your attention on your heart. And you might even want to lower, bend your head toward your heart as if you were looking at it. And just be aware of the field of the heart. One of the biggest generators of energy in our bodies. And we're going to talk to our heart as if it's its own beautiful being. And we're going to ask it to show us any areas within us where we still hold grievances. So just take a few minutes now and put your attention on your heart and ask it to show you an event that you may still have a grievance about, a person, a play, anything, anything that may come up. Don't censor it. But just be with it for a moment. And don't forget to put yourself in there if it's appropriate. I want to you to imagine that you're holding these grievances in your cupped hands in front of you. And entertain the thoughts that no one did anything to you. Nothing happened. You weren't changed. You're still your beautiful, perfect, innocent self as God created you. Loved beyond all measure that can never end. And these people in your cupped hands, they're the same. With your heart's energy, be willing to see them as innocent as well. The crimes they believe they've committed, they have not committed. They're as innocent as you. They're loved by source just as well. They haven't harmed you and you haven't harmed them. And now I'm asking you to go a step further and release them into the sphere of universal intelligence. Some may call it the Holy Spirit. Some may call it God's love. But release them knowing that it's not your responsibility to judge or to decide what happens to them. So you release yourself from the burden of judgment and allow a higher intelligence 
to take it and dissolve it for you. But most importantly, put your attention back on your heart and see yourself inside your own heart. And allow Source to surround you with its eternal, innocent love. And repeat the idea in your mind three times. I am innocent. I am innocent. I am innocent. When you feel you've completed this process, go ahead and open your eyes. Wow. So beautiful. Um, You know, my cancer experience came up as something that I've done work around it because I had cancer at 16 and um, and it's what it did to me afterwards. Some, uh, there's the victimization <laughs> that I was holding on to. And it was interesting that it wasn't a person, but it was that experience that I still hold against myself, you know. Um, is this something that we could do this daily, right? Like people can grab this kind of exercise daily to cleanse of grievances, to, to do your daily grievance shower because. Yeah, I, and I am gonna record it with a little bit more finesse and some music in the background. And when I do, I'll be happy to send you the link to that, that people can use every day. Um, That's beautiful because what we don't realize is that we've been working so hard at mastering our financial skills, what we look like, our but the game is now energy, vibration, frequency. And if we don't learn how to, it's like we have to have these energetic showers and this, this cleanup and this release quickly, just like this. This doesn't have to take five hours. And we have to know when am I carrying someone else's? When not do I feel entangled? because that's gonna be a very high price to pay as we keep moving on. So your work is so important. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, cause I was, um, I was also told by source one time to somebody had asked the question about um, cap, uh, capital punishment, you know, killing and, and uh, what does source think about the death penalty? And it, it basically said, you don't have a right to kill anybody. And I thought that was interesting. He says, because when you do, you deny them the opportunity for redemption. Mm. And that was wonderful because it was like suggesting, hey, in any moment, somebody could be in prison for life, but at any moment, you know, they could have an awareness. They can choose again. They could, yeah, or they could have an awareness of God's love and be come out a totally different person. So I thought that hit home too. That made the point, you know, that when you judge somebody, um, it can be the smallest thing, you know, do I have time to tell one other tiny little story? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Um, it was years ago. It was just a simple thing, but I was in an elevator going up, up 
third floor for a meeting. And there was a fella in the elevator with me and he was this nice, handsome young man. He was dressed really well and his shoes were wonderful, but he had a coat on that was too big for him, you know? And I remember saying to myself, nice clothes, but lose the coat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, you know, Reese, all of a sudden he starts fidgeting with his coat, you know, and he started very self-conscious and I caught it and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I just made that guy feel so insecure. So right then I changed my mind. I said, oh no, you look wonderfully. You look great. You look perfect. You know, and then he's all of a sudden he stands up straight and he brushed himself off and it's just a small example, but it just makes the point, you know, of um, we're not really conscious of how we do affect everybody with what we do think about them. And, you know, one other little one, I used to do years of psychic surgery years ago. And this girl who was paralyzed asked me to come and work on her. She had hit a deer on her way home and she was paralyzed from the neck down. She hit a tree. She just wanted to be able to, you know, feel her fingers again. And, you know, honestly, Brie, it took me three hours when I entered just the doorway of her room to cut out from her fields all of the thought projections that people had sent toward her. Like every time she went outside with a wheelchair, and even thoughts from her own parents, you know, part, part of them wish she had died because she was in such a state and other people feeling so sorry for her. And here's this girl trying to feel. And how could she feel when everybody's projecting, oh, you poor thing, you poor damaged person in the wheelchair. And three hours it took me just, just to cut out the stuff in her fields to be able to get to her body. And that was quite an eye opener too. I thought, well, we, we just are not, we're so not aware of our thoughts and what we're doing. And, um, and here we are in this resurrection process. We're being asked to, you know, go to a higher consciousness place and evolve. And, uh, it, it, you know, we're, we're just so habitual with our own, the old well, ways of doing things. But this was a pattern interrupt. And what you said was so critical because now we know, now I know that when I am sitting here judging my uncle or judging the neighbor, it's like the, the course tells us there are no private thoughts. You, That's right. you displayed it beautifully in the elevator. You didn't speak anything out loud. You no. thought it, but he got the energetic, you know, hook and yeah. he felt it and he just felt subconscious and the other one, the other way, the same. And, you know, I'll tell one quick story. When I was in the South of France, I was traveling the world. And this is when I was in the height of my eating disorder. And I was working with one of my mentors in Spain and she's a Course in Miracles teacher. And I was like, the last thing I wanted to do, but I had committed was to go to the Cannes Film Festival. I was like, I have nothing to wear. I don't feel good. I just... I don't want to be around people. Like, I just want to, I'm in this recovery mode. She mm-hmm. says, this is what I want you to wear. Mm-hmm. I want you to wear God. Oh, and nice. Every time you meet somebody, you're meeting God. Mm-hmm. You're not worried about what do they do? What do they look like? What, what are they thinking of you? No, you put on God and then you're going to go meet many versions of God. And it was a tall order, but Mm -hmm. it brought me relief from time to time when I was like, okay, focus on, on, on the God in them. And then I could see past their face, past their eyes, past their soul. 
And all of a sudden I'm, I'm literally with their divinity and my divinity right. and it's a soul to soul. It was like, I had, you know, those uh, glasses that could go 3d, but yeah. then my ego that was quite strong at that point, my, it kept bringing me back to, to the, to the, what I was so habitually hooked to believing and judging about myself and the world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, amazing. You're so amazing. And oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. You're wonderful too. I love your honesty and your stories too, because that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know? Well, you know? we, we're here, you and I, we're, you know, I always say like the, the horrific stuff or the hard times there, their curriculum because I'm going to get to talk about it in one day at one point. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I know now that it's, I'm not alone. It happens to everybody. And I'm, I don't, I'm not tied to that illusionary bondage now so I can talk about it. And that's a gift. Thank you. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, I have a quick questions to ask. I'm going to mm -hmm. pick one. We'll see what spirits speak uh, pit picks. And then I would love for you to share with everybody a little bit more about your free gift. I know you told us already, but I'm going to ask you a one question. If you had to tell your 15 year old self two things as a value system for life, what would they be? Two things, my 15 year old self, stay away from boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think I would, I would love myself more and make more choices for my own, um, my own health, my own betterment, you know, not be so concerned about how I'm received by other people, just um, be able to be my, in my own authority more. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I had had any kind of mentor or teacher back in that day to kind of talk to me about things like that, that, you know, as a teenager, you're not thinking about that. You're worried about your clothes and, and friends. And, and I was just not somebody who was ever popular with popular girls. So, um, you know, but I, once again, though, I, I wasn't my own, I wasn't my own being, you know, I didn't have my own sense of yeah. self and it'd be nice if there was, if they would kind of teach more self-sovereignty things in school or or just you know your parents really that you're loved mostly no matter what and and um and i because i don't think you're left with that as a teenager you know when you're you're not left with friends and you're not left with money to buy lots of nice clothes when you're 15 um to have somebody tell you that hey you're not rejected anyway you know there's there's still you and, and your gifts to, to have help bring out people's inner gifts, their own gifts, because yeah. everybody has some. And, you know, people always ask me, well, how'd you get psychic? And, and I said, you know, I did a lot of journaling, um, a lot of examining of beliefs and why, what things meant to me and, and then changing my mind about a lot of things, but that was later in life. But changing your mind, that's so important. That that was, I think, of today. But I love what you're saying because there are some pioneers in education that might be listening today or not listening that get to implement that value system of to little girls, you know, like, yes, be your own authority. Like we are, you know, culture teaches us you don't have authority. And it's that's like, right. it's 
but that's going to change. I'm believing strong for that. Like I am that we are going to get there eventually. Um, well, we are running out of time and I guess we could keep going and going. So you told us already at the beginning, but you're giving everyone a free copy of your latest book. Is that correct? Correct. It's called Love, Miracles, and Original Creation. And the link we gave you. So you'll be able to Up put it's it down below. You'll so be you able to put it out there. So um, enjoy that. And I'll also be making that meditation over for people. And you'll too. send it to me so I can put And I'll it send it so you can give it out as you choose. Okay. Okay. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, all I want to say is whoo, I thank you. Thank <laughs> You're you. You're welcome. It was wonderful being with you. Yeah. And to everybody, I just want to say, go to the Facebook page and go ahead and tell me what was the most impactful thing today. You are going to want to listen to this again and again. So if you want upgrade and buy the whole seven day life cleanse. So you have this because this conversation was activating and it activated the truth of your innocence, which is out. It's a healing. You need to hear these things because your body knows. And, um, I'm just so grateful. So any last words of wisdom before we just. Yeah, I just wanted to comment too about, you know, when you choose the love paradigm, right over the, I call it the death paradigm we've been living in. You know, when you choose the love paradigm, one of the things you can expect. And, and when you say, how do I do that? It's just say that out of your mouth. I choose the love paradigm. Mm. you're like telling source i'm switching from the death paradigm to the love paradigm and what starts to happen is at least for me all these old memories will start coming up to your mind i mean things that you didn't even know you remembered and you'll say what the heck is happening i i remember i, I chose love and i'm remembering every death that i ever experienced in my life in minutest wow. detail I'm remembering my dad playing with me when we were little, you know, what's going on? And Source basically said, you have to understand that the death paradigm is in your cells. And if you want to release this stuff out of your cells, once you choose, choose is the operative word, the love paradigm. Anything that is not that is coming up out of the cells and leaves room for this new paradigm to take place. So I guess if I had to say anything, you know, make a different choice because this old paradigm we're leaving really is a death paradigm. And if you really look at it, you can see that evidenced everywhere. Okay. So this so there new, you go, everyone. There you go. Choose, choose, <laughs> choose again. And that's right. Again, so grateful for you being here and uh, thank you to you all. I'll see you tomorrow. And meanwhile, we are both sending you so much love. Bye for yeah. now. Bye. Thank you.